the Light Treason News, everyone. Pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. I'm joined today once again by Meredith. Hello. Hello. So, guys, I've mentioned this before on the show, but I have a Patreon. Patreon.com slash Allison Kilkenny. That's me, your host. And if you sign up for as little as $5 a month over there, $5 a month or higher, dare I ask, mm-hmm. uh, you get to send questions that we'll answer on Light Trees and News. So we have a couple questions that I wanted to get to. Ooh. The first is from Diane. And they write, if we are all in agreement that climate change is the biggest threat to everyone, why are there not my- more stories on the bad news, good news segments in the show? Um, this is a topic that should be highlighted more, but tends to get shoved in the corner to make room for Trump's stupid antics. Do you agree or disagree? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Diane coming in hot. So yeah, I, I do agree. We, we do talk about climate change on, on the show. Diane, if you missed yesterday's episode, we talked about, uh, climate change in the bad news section. When she asked, why don't I talk about it in the good news segment? I'm like, well, it's Is not, there? Yeah. sometimes there's good news, you know, uh, Ireland, uh, we yeah. talked about, you know, Ireland, diver, uh, divesting from the fossil fuels industry in a good news segment, I think a couple weeks ago, but yeah, Diane, I agree with you. It's the most important story in the world. I think sometimes, of, I yeah, was, I was going to say, I think it's, it's, it can be hard to cover because yes. they're aren't nearly as many stories like the it's the same bad news every every day basically right it's it's that the the world is warming we're in trouble and so there's something that feels almost defeatist about the possible sort of like yes we're still fucked um but I think like it's not because we don't recognize it's a pressing and and truly like literally existential like question it's more like yeah, it's it's sort of the scope of it's still so huge, you know. Sure, and what I try not to get into, even when we're in the bad news segment, I don't want to start just listing bad things. Yeah, because one of the nicest compliments I get from people who listen to the show is that I don't do that. There's some shows where, and they're straight up news shows, and they mm-hmm. have to do that. Right. I totally get that. We're not a news show. We're, yeah. we're we do the color commentary on sure. the news. Yeah. So I try to find stories where you know. It's not just us saying, you know, X amount of people have died from drought, Mm -hmm. you know, like, which is an important news story, certainly. But I, whenever I am reading a news story, I want to, like, be able to tell a story about it Mm -hmm. and have, like, um, a few different ways we could branch out and talk about uh, uh, various things. And I always do try to look for a little more um, of an optimistic tilt to it Mm -hmm. because nobody wants to listen to a fatalist show that's just like, you know. You know, shit's bad and it's always going to be bad. It's probably going to get worse and that's yeah. the end, you know? But that said, it's probably not a terrible idea to to make a point to say like, all right, well, you know, once a week we're going to check in on climate change, climate change yeah. just to see if there's I mean, something. Honestly, like, I, whenever I, I see one, I try to figure out how I can get it on the show. Yeah. Sadly, sometimes weeks go by and I don't see any story that yeah. I could. And that's not because there aren't climate change stories out there that are very important. It's just that the media doesn't always cover it. You yeah. know, there's there's exceptions to that. Like on yesterday's episode, we were talking about uh, Kate Aronoff over at The Nation, mm-hmm. who does great climate change coverage. Like there are journalists out there working tire- tirelessly on stories like that. Um, but in terms of like the ones that I can talk about on mm-hmm. the show, not always an option. Yeah. Um, but... Although that said, Diane, if you uh, <laughs> if you're interested in finding more stories that you can read that give that coverage, I'm sure that uh, Allison and I could help give you more recommendations for people you should be reading. Oh yeah, um, and if case- anybody else does too, uh, hashtag Light Trees and Pod. If you have like a go-to news source for climate change news that you think is a really valuable resource, tweet that, and I'll retweet it from Light Trees and News and. People can bookmark it there if that is, you know, um, a priority for you, which I think it should be. Also, I I am of the belief that I don't like when people say that, you know, stories about Trump, stories about Russia are a quote unquote distraction. Mm -hmm. I do think they're really important stories. And they're also the stories that uh, people are talking about. And those are the stories that interest me as well. Yeah. I'm not saying that it's always like the best thing we should be prioritizing in the news cycle, but I think it's unfair to say like 
we shouldn't talk about one of the biggest political scandals of all time. There's also just too much news. There's too much news I mean, in general. Too much happening. So And there's there's way too much for me, one person, to keep up with. So if I ever skip a story, it's not because I'm like, well, this isn't important. Mm-hmm. I might not have seen it. <laughs> you know, yeah. like that's a possibility. I'm not an oracle. I know that's almost impossible to believe. Yeah. I'm I'm But shocked. I'm not. I, I don't have, you know, I don't see everything. So uh but yeah, thank you uh for writing, Diane. That's a good point. Um and then Lonnie wrote in I live just outside of Portland or where the Patriot Prayer and Proud Boys just love to hold rallies and stir up trouble. So Lonnie uh, weighs in a little bit on like a conspiracy theory, but I think it's interesting and I think we should unpack a little bit. I have been wondering if protesting them is just giving them what they want. I'm beginning to wonder if they're being paid by Russians to stir up shit. Anyway, my question is how we can fight their bigotry without being trolled. The only thing that seems to be happening as a result of protests thus far is just increased violence. I would really appreciate your thoughts. Thank you for a fun show, Allison. Thank you, Lonnie. Uh, So I wanted to, let's unpack that little baby conspiracy theory for Mm -hmm. a second. Um, Here's the thing. So, and this is part of the reason that I do like talking about the... Trump Russia stuff on the show because I think there is a tendency to misremember or misunderstand what happened during the 2016 election. Yeah. So was there a misinformation campaign by the Russians launched within the United States to stoke pre-existing tensions um, surrounding racism and race? Yep. Yes, that did happen. Absolutely. Yeah. Did Russians create racist out of whole cloth who didn't exist before no No. so the proud boys are racists and they they don't need russians to (laughs) tell them to be racist that's just who they are we have a huge huge problem with racism and misogyny and And, and homophobia in this country they're clearly they're more they're emboldened now not because paid agitators have uh created a stir, they're emboldened because the president is a proud racist and he's every day doing something yes. that makes them mm-hmm. feel okay with uh, going out there and spouting white right. supremacy. Racists feel really, really cozy right now. And you never want a racist to feel cozy mm-hmm. uh, ever. So, I mean, there's we're just at a different time yeah. than the old days of the KKK and Skokie kind of thing, yeah. uh, which was the famous 1980s free speech case uh, where the Klan wanted to hold a rally. And so then, you know, the old days, the 90s, <laughs> uh, you would get, yeah, racists would try and rally together and people would ignore them. But right. I think that there's just, like, things are just bad enough now that the answer has to be pushed back and giving yes. like it's not giving them what they want they they need to be like the, these people need they should to be fear. told they should fear going yeah. outside and yeah. i think a great example of it they, I working, mean, they should be ostracized and terrified that people will find out that they are yes. i think a awful. great example of it working is richard spencer yeah richard spencer has said on record he's afraid to go outside now yeah and have you heard about richard spencer lately i mean in in the same capacity you used to hear about him uh, no no he's afraid to go outside now and we don't hear from him and anymore yeah he's been kicked out of his you know he's been <laughs> Stripped of his gym memberships. That's he's so like, not, I'm like, I mean, I'm sorry, but like, <laughs> you should not be able to lift, lift in peace. No, if you're certainly like, not. walking around. And this bullshit, like, and that extends to like Sarah Sanders too. Like, mm-hmm. sorry, you're the mouthpiece of a fascist regime. You don't get to eat in public. No. <laughs> like, that's over for you now. And like, certain people might call that rude, the end of civility, whatever. I'll proudly take all those labels. If that means fascists don't feel comfortable being fascists. No. It is important to be intolerant of intolerance. And, exactly. Uh, and you do not need to resort to violence. You know, the reason why these, yeah, there's, you know, what this whole question was like, oh, you know, I'm doing it to own the libs or whatever. Like, right, right. I'm sorry. Like, it's okay to be upset and like push back strongly against people who are spewing hate. And exactly. I think that like maybe it is giving them what they want. But if that's really what they're gonna live, like that's how they're gonna be, then like 
make their lives as uncomfortable as possible when you give them what they want, you right. know? Like, right. And it honestly, like being if, miserable, if they're, they're going to be miserable to own us, like, right. Sure. Great. Like also I, I get a bunch of like young pissed off men wanting to get into a fist fight and possibly the argument that that is what they want. But I don't think any Nazi wants their face on the front of a newspaper when no. they're trying to get a job, Mm-mm. you know, or trying to keep the job they have. Yeah. I don't think any of them want that. I mean, there is going to be a, there are going to be a lot of very sad Nazis after the Unite the Right rally because there are going to be a lot Super of pictures unemployed. of those guys. Yeah. Very unemployed. Yeah. Uh, because that is a company's right to fire you at will if they find out you're a fucking racist. Yeah. Fun, fun fact, guys. Uh, labor law does not protect you if nope. you are a, a vile white supremacist piece of shit. Yeah, nor should it. So, Lonnie, I hope that is a, a little bit of insight into the question you sent. It's a great question. But, yeah, guys, if you also have a question and you go sign up at my Patreon, patreon.com slash Kilkenny. Not only do you get access to the show in the sense that you get to send questions we'll answer, you also get access to my other work over there. That includes The Window Podcast. Did I tell you what I'm going to do now since I don't actually have a window anymore that I can Mm. watch people from? I'm taking her on the road. I'm going to go into the city and people watch (laughs) and record my thoughts on them. So that'll be interesting, guys. Look forward to that at my Patreon. And yeah, so... On yesterday's show, I feel like we kind of blew through the pop culture section. I got some recommendations from you, Mm -hmm. but I wanted to ask you if there was anything else you've been reading or watching or listening to. Um, Let me double check my podcast to see if there's any new ones I've been listening to and I've been really enjoying. Um, I've been listening to more news podcasts. Which is usually outside my, when I first really got into podcasts, I was like, all true crime, all fictional, and now I'm a little more like, well, mm-hmm. since we're doing this, like I listen to the Global News podcast uh, and stuff oh, like I, that. I will tell you what I have uh, done. I started listening to uh, Jonathan Van Ness's podcast, oh, yeah. Getting Curious, um, because I finally watched Queer Eye, and that like... Uh, you know, now I understand all of it. Sure. But uh, it's great. Sometimes he has, uh, you know, I think one of the titles of one of his episodes was, is Saudi Arabia cute now? Oh, no. <laughs> it's like, it was to discuss, like he actually had an expert, like a professor yeah. of Middle Eastern studies and history um, from UCLA on, and I guess it's like his go-to expert for Middle Eastern stuff. This discussion of, was like right after the driving and it was talking about uh, Mohammed bin Saad, like, and everything, you know, becoming this person. So it was actually like it's funny, but yeah. it's it was really like a deep conversation about Shia versus Sunni Islam and Saudi Arabia and Iran and wow. Syria. And you know, it's like really fascinating yeah. to watch him be like exactly his queenie self and also be like brilliant. Super brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Like and I don't think that like it's I don't mean that to sound condescending because I think like no I actually think that's one of the reasons he's so important because so much of the news is homogenized we're Mm -hmm. used to I mean to the point where if you are a broadcast journalism you have to have a certain kind you speak a certain way you look a certain way like they actually have you know fashion tips that they give anchors we are conditioned to consume news in a very very Mm -hmm. limited way and I think it helps to hear people who sound different and and look different on the news too because yeah like and it's homophobia right right when we hear a voice like jonathan uh like jonathan jonathan's voice we are conditioned to dismiss him as being dumb because the only thing you're used to hearing when you hear that tone and that cadence yeah is someone talking about like you go girlfriend or right. like you're so cute like or like you're We're a gonna joke your hair you're, you're a like, joke you're like somebody funny for me to laugh at yeah, you're supposed to be superficial essentially and, and, and like jonathan is also like a very funny charming person but then mm-hmm. also he's fucking brilliant and mm-hmm. we're just unaccustomed to 
hearing smart ideas and a voice yeah. like his. And I, I think that's good for America. Yeah. I mean, here's a couple of other titles just because I think they're wonderful. Has Britain screwed itself with Brexit? <laughs> or <Yes>. has, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was short was answer. Minutes of, uh, like, <laughs> or how can we be less rude to bees? <laughs> I love him. Um, why um, is the bail system such a hot mess? <laughs> God, he's so good. Um, Wait, I was like going to see if there's one more. I got to figure understand. out if like, I have a connection to him. You really do. Um, the but there's like, okay, how come I don't care about the Armenian genocide? <laughs> like, these are the things like, this is clearly like, it's just him talking like with an expert for a half an yeah. hour about a topic that he's curious about. Like literally he's just like, tell me about this right. and then asks a bunch of questions and I adore it, and I think everyone should listen to this because it's such a wonderful and accessible, like, different way. And it's really fun to see someone or to hear someone who's so charming and funny in a specific way be so smart. Yeah, and I, I always love that he comes at everything from a place of curiosity and openness and love and compassion and humbleness. Like, yeah. just being able to say, like, I don't know anything about this subject, and I'd like you to educate me. Yeah. If more people had that attitude the world would be a better place. Yeah, I just, yeah. It's a great example of intellectual curiosity, like just giving you the warm fuzzies. Yes. Go support him. Go follow him on Twitter too. He's a lovey. Um, so did I have anything else I wanted to, is there anything you're looking forward to seeing? Um, I feel like... Oh, I still haven't seen Eighth Grade. I'm the worst. Oh, I haven't seen it either, but I also think I probably should never see it. Because oh, too much? Like, too real? Oh, yeah, too real. Yeah. I mean, speaking as someone who was super awkward, I uh, was younger than everyone by a year because I skipped a grade. Uh -oh. uh, too smart. Yeah. Too smart. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, humble brag. <laughs> um, but, yeah, also, like, super awkward. And my only friend was the one gay kid. Um I definitely am not sure that I can manage. Yeah. Like, I'm also pretty sure I don't have any pictures of me from middle school because I think that at some point in my life I destroyed them all. I think I might have done the same thing. So uh, I'm not sure about revisiting any of it. Yeah. However, like, I'm always here for um, Josh Hamilton, the guy who plays the dad. Yes. Um, it is just great. nice to see uh, actual kids playing kids mm -hmm. in a movie. Because, yeah. again, I think we've talked about this before on the show, but the CW has fucked us all up, guys. They've oh, had, yeah. like, 30-year-olds playing teenagers, which is very creepy. Yeah, I mean, when you think about the fact that Beverly Hills 90210 came on 30 years ago, mm -hmm. and now one of the people playing a parent on Riverdale <laughs> is Dylan McKay himself, uh, Luke Perry. Yep. Um, Although I will say, doing a great job. Oh, yeah. He's doing a I great mean, job. And also, like, I'm fine with people being kind of, like, daddy in that way. Like, yes. it's cool. Yes, but yes, yes. it does still bother me sometimes. So <laughs> I'm just like, uh, you were a teenager? Like, when? It's I just how I feel when I see, like, Ethan Embry from Empire Records. And I'm like, oh, oh you bald and weird you bald. now. <laughs> <laughs> you bald. Uh, yeah, I got to dive back into Riverdale. I watched season one and I was like, that was so fun. What a delightful little romp. And then I didn't ever watch it again i have just not started it because i feel like i can't i like don't want to make myself watch a teen show right now okay, um fair. see yeah. i i'm like shit sucks so much right now yeah. i want to watch a dumb teen show yeah. oh i watched a i mean i watched a terrible teen movie which one uh oh it's called friend request um, oh wait is that the horror one yeah okay everyone has been recommending that to me just like it's like uh, a fun mindless. oh it is so stupid and yeah so well i saw so the wonderful. first one. Oh no you're talking about unfriended this yes. is a separate so it's the different social media horror? horror movie yeah oh okay what is that one okay this one it's um college student um gets a friend request on Facebook from some awkward, like, weirdo goth chick that, oh, okay. like, seems like, you know, total loner, has zero friends on mm -hmm. Facebook. Then the girl, like, the weirdo girl starts stalking her and kills herself. But it turns out that it's, uh, but she kills her, <laughs> spoiler alert, it's okay. Um, <laughs> it's actually, like, part of a weird black magic okay. to put her into the computer and become a vengeful digital spirit wow. to uh, wreak havoc on the life of the girl who wasn't... <laughs> wow, 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 <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Her. Uh, Yeah, it's, like, 
It's like a combination of that Lifetime movie from the 80s, A Friend to Die For, or uh-huh. A Friend to Kill For, the one where um, Shannon Doherty gets a, a weird, like, single white female character. Wow, speaking of, you know, Beverly Hills and I know we are on a tear right now. Oh, don't you, don't you know it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like that plus, like, Ghost in the Machine kind of, like, okay. weirdness. Okay. It's, it's just so... So was it, stupid. Was it stupid fun? Oh or yeah, I enjoyed stupid it. Li- okay, cool, yeah. cool, cool. I, that was, this is not an anti-rec. This is a like, if you're ever kind of like high on edibles and you want to <laughs> just like veg out for a bit. Always, like- bitch. You know, you know. <laughs> yes, I'm always looking for recommendations like that. The dumber, the better, as long as it's fun. Mm-hmm. I just don't want to be like pissed. I saw it, you know, where I'm like, oh, I could have done anything in those two hours. No, um, but yes, you should see the original Unfriended, and I need to go see Unfriended dark web yeah uh chris and charles host uh, a horror podcast uh called dirty little horror and they saw that together because they were going to talk about it and they were like it's so dumb and it's so fun yeah uh so i have to see that guys it's that time of the show i'm sorry let's all hold hands and cry it'll be okay here's your bad news Let's talk about tax cuts for billionaires, Ooh. shall we? I mean, are we giving, are we excited about this? No, we're not. No, this is bad news. Okay, yes. This is bad news. Um, so wouldn't that be a fucking turn if I suddenly was pro-tax cuts for, for billionaires? billionaires? It would be a little bit odd. That would be scandalous. Also, definitely a bit of bad news for sure. <laughs> yeah, that so, would be. Yeah. Allison has completely sold out. So inexplicably, because she's not a billionaire, no. so why is she suddenly pro this? So the Trump administration is now considering bypassing Congress to grant a $100 billion tax cut, mainly to the wealthy. Hmm. So I love that the New York Times has called this a legally tenuous maneuver <laughs> <laughs> that would cut capital gains uh, taxation and fulfill a long-held ambition of many investors and conservatives. Oh, my God. It makes me want to just <laughs> get a pitchfork right away. Well, what was so bananas about this is obviously like what a... What a, what a terrible blow in the class war, obviously. Mm-hmm. But also, this happened the same week that Trump revealed to the world that apparently he thinks you need a photo ID to buy groceries. So at the same time, we have the president saying, um, I really think billionaires need, you know, more tax cuts. He and I dispute this Newsweek. They call him billionaire president Donald Trump. Mm. He wishes he was a billionaire. I mean, he does. But like if. If you're trying to talk to him being out of touch, I guess I can understand right. why you want to frame it. him as being like part of the, you know, 0.5% or whatever. Uh, but yeah, uh, very revealing that something that is almost universal, universally known, right? Universal yeah. knowledge. Um, people who have to go buy their own food. We all know you don't need a photo ID to get right. groceries. You need it for alcohol, but only alcohol. Only alcohol. Or maybe if you, if you haven't signed your credit card, right? they'll yeah. ask to see your ID. But that's not what he was talking mm-hmm. about. He just doesn't know how you do things. All he knows is he wants his rich friends to have more money. And uh, apparently he has never bought groceries a day in his life. Which I feel like there shouldn't be many qualifications to be president of the United States. But having bought your own food should be one of them. I mean, what's hilarious is that this is just one, it's just the the most recent in a long line of uh, presidents and presidential candidates saying stupid shit about grocery stores because they never set foot in them. I mean, that's the, uh, you know, George, George, regular Bush, George H.W. Bush. Uh, Regular Bush. (laughs) Not knowing... Regular, not W. Uh, <laughs> not knowing how much a gallon of milk costs. Right. Um, Although I hate, like, certain gotcha questions like that, I hate because I don't buy regular milk. So if somebody was like, Allison, how much is a gallon of milk? I'd be like, fuck, I don't know. Mm. I could, like, ballpark it, but I'd probably be wrong. I know. I mean, I think I'd probably pick some things, like, from the last time I bought a, like, ever had to see a gallon of milk in a grocery store, which is probably, what, 1997? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'd have been like, I don't know, like, three bucks? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on, man. Yeah. I, but certainly, I know you don't need a fucking ID <laughs> to buy groceries. Uh, the worst. 
So what else do I want to talk about? Oh, this is wild. So Charles Davis over at The Guardian has a story about how um, the Trump administration is quietly partnering with a government it has publicly accused of killing its own people in an effort to speed up the deportation of Nicaraguan citizens. (sighs) So the White House has condemned Daniel Ortega's indiscriminate violence while at the same time joining forces with this country to deport people. Yep. Bananas. And guess what? ICE is the one doing this, obviously. Oh, it's just like every day there's new ice bullshit. But it gets worse and worse and worse. Like truly, I think of every institution in the United States, ICE is appropriately the one that has been villainized the Mm -hmm. most. I mean, people. Modern day brown shirts. Yeah, Yeah. they are brown shirts. People hate ICE and they should. And you should be ashamed if you work for ICE. You should quit. Quit today. You can get another job. I know shit is hard, but don't be a fucking brown shirt. Yeah. And this is, you know, this is exactly the kind of incoherent foreign policy and and immigration policy that uh, I would expect from the Trump administration to say, oh, we are like, you know, you people are terrible and we want to be strong right. and we have to like condemn you because you are clearly a despot. But also at the same time, somehow it's not quite bad enough to actually give any support to people fleeing those sure. dangers. Right. So somehow it is simultaneously the thing it's schrodinger's immigration policy (laughs) yeah we we both uh hate the uh dictator and also want to send the dictator more victims yeah we yeah we hate the dictator and the people it's a (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) exactly um Oh, did you want to talk about your friend's column? Yeah, so a friend of mine, a dear friend I've known for literally my entire life, uh, works for, uh, she leads the Unaccompanied Minor Program, uh, Defense Program uh, with Catholic Charities of New York, and her name is Jody Ziesmer. She has a a piece in The Guardian um, today where she proposes like a solution to um, the the border crisis and the detention crisis, uh, specifically by saying if we instead of uh, looking at this as a you know with the no you know no uh, no tolerance zero tolerance and uh, detention uh, that we should uh, just use the office of the offices of refugee resettlement mm. and uh, just we can move them into communities and go through uh, the the process of their asylum claims, and then if they have to be, de- like, people might still be deported, but ultimately uh, it would be cheaper and uh, more humane uh, to give them the chance to serve out, like, live in communities as they're going through this. Um, we're talking, like, $6 a day versus, like, $200 a day for detention. Well, I don't understand the, like, threshold for when someone, a migrant, becomes a refugee. Well, this is the... Um, the yeah, and it becomes difficult. That's why when yeah. um, there were, like, refugees are, oh, you're fleeing war, you're fleeing uh, persecution, sort of like that. But not, so like, the, financial reasons. Right, fin- right. so a financial okay. reason. So uh, fleeing a famine that was a result of climate change and unrest, but not full-out civil war, would make you a migrant rather than a refugee. But leaving Syria during the civil war you could be a refugee. So right. that's why when there was the crisis with all of the boats crossing the Mediterranean were right. sinking and people were dying, right. that people stopped calling it a refugee crisis mm-hmm. and they started talking about migrants because it was a combination of people who had quote unquote legitimate claims mm-hmm. versus people okay. who are just like fucked because they're poor. The terrorism of capitalism. Right. <laughs> right. So this is the kind of thing where like they're rejecting asylum claims from people who are fleeing MS-13 because they say they don't have a credible three, like mm. credible fear. Um, even if when they went, got sent back to the country, the gang immediately murdered them. Sure. Um, or saying to women who are running away from abusive husbands that they're not legitimate refugees because like they're like not really in danger and then they get sent back and they're murdered like, by their husband. husband yeah. Like works with his people to, uh, to murder her. Right. Um, so there's like, that's why 
you know, this is a proposal to essentially expand what we consider to be refugees because we're having, like, we're in this state of crisis. And I mean, also, right. we've drastically reduced the number of refugees that have actually been allowed to stay in the country. Right. Um, and, you know, Stephen Miller essentially wants to bring it down to zero. Yes. Uh, he wants to bring it all down to zero because he's a white nationalist piece of shit. He's a monster, people. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, I want to punch him in the dick so bad. <laughs> I really thought you were going to say the face <laughs> and then you said the dick and it was so much better. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, anyway, I do think do not like, apologize. <laughs> I do not. Um, so I'm, I think like everyone should read this, this piece. And of course there are commenters um, who are already quite distressed and sure. seem to have an infinite In capacity for uh, cruelty towards vulnerable individuals because yeah, why, why, create a system that actually treats people that works like kindly <laughs> yeah. uh, and saves money when you can waste a bunch of cash torturing people. Yeah. Yeah. We do love doing that. I know. So speaking of <laughs> speaking of more bad news. And yeah. Torture? Well, ice cool. being a bunch of brown shirts. Oh, and yeah. I mean, there's an infinite, all that stuff. Um, sp uh, Oh yeah. I forgot about this. Okay. <laughs> Oh, I thought I was doing a different story. I'm doing a worse story. Okay. Oh, God. So uh, a worker <gasps> yep. at a Southwest Key youth, uh, uh, youth Center has been charged with sexually molesting eight children at this immigration shelter. Um, eight children. And by the way, that's almost certainly... Um, an undercount. An undercount, Yes. Um, they've been charged overall with 11 sex offenses um, after authorities accused uh, him of molesting at least eight unaccompanied immigrant boys over nearly a year at one of the company's shelters in Mesa, Arizona. Does anything good happen in Arizona? I'm sorry if you live in Arizona. Absolutely um, not. Oh, oh, lovely. As I'm reading this I know. Again, so like... guys, it gets worse. Uh, the allegations against... Levian D. Uh, Pacheco, uh, who is HIV positive, include that he performed oral sex on two of the teenagers and tried to force one of them to penetrate him anally. Mm. The other six teens, all between 15 and 17, said Pacheco had groped them through their clothing. Yeah. And like, let's remember, this is like, this is kid jail. Like, yeah. these kids are in detention. They are not free to move around. This is a person who they is cannot like, consent to yeah, anything, even they if are, they are seventeen. They're yeah, prisoners, absolutely. Um, and this person, like, yeah, forced himself on them. Yeah, and the reason we keep hearing about these stories is when you abuse a group of people like this, when you marginalize them, when you strip them of their rights, it attracts predators. Because yeah. what better? pool of victims to choose from than poor brown kids yeah. who don't have legal rights, who are being held in jail, who are protected from like the light of the media, you know, nobody knows what's happening to these kids. Yeah. And it, it is also worth noting that this, the, these incidents took place between August 2016 and July 2017. So mm -hmm. it was before the yes. current moment. However, that means that these kids were likely unaccompanied minors who made the trek up here and were being detained. Um, so this was during the separate and different right. crisis uh, for refugee and migrant youths. Um, so this is still, this was like back before we were torturing toddlers when we were just generally um, torturing and detaining like teens. Right, before we went full monster. Yeah. Uh, also, Pacheco worked for nearly four months without a complete background check. Which is like, if you're going to have somebody working with unaccompanied minors, uh, maybe do a background check. I don't know. I mean, it, it, the whole system's fucked, right? Like, that's not going to well, magically are, make it ethical. But There are no requirements that anyone working at these youth detention centers actually have any sort of child development or youth sure. development, yeah. uh, you know, psychology or educational background. This is just straight up, do you want to work at a baby jail? <laughs> And can we like Hello. immediately find a felony in your history? Is that not? No? Okay, cool. Great. But isn't that like the clearest
slightest indication that this person is probably completely fucked in the head if you're like, do you want to work at baby jail? And they say, yes. And I'm like, I would love to work at baby jail. Oh, yeah. No, it is definitely <laughs> it is definitely a suggestion that uh, they are probably not to be trusted around children. Around babies. Don't let them around babies. Some sh- wild shit's going to happen. And I'm, I am fully okay with just blanket saying, yeah, you know, we can call it baby jail. These are still baby jails, even if they are between 15 and 17, because those kids are fucking young and they were born in the 21st century, every last one of them. If you are 17 years old right now, you were born in 2001. Yeah. And that is a goddamn baby. Yes, um, I agree. Especially if you're being uh, held against your will, stripped of your rights, and then uh, forced to... Uh, sp- like endure sexual harassment and yeah. molestation. Yeah. Um, rape. Yeah. Endure rape. Yeah. Uh, this is also not the only uh, sexual assault case that's being investigated no. at the moment in. I feel uh, like there's one in the baby jails every week that's just. The, and that's like covered by the media. Yeah. So it's happening every day yeah i mean and it's, it's like there's a reason why it's taking it's taken this until now for ProPublica august 2018 for ProPublica mm. to have uh information about stuff that happened uh two years ago and one year ago because mm. uh, it takes a long time to uncover yes this shit when there's absolutely no mechanism for accountability or transparency yeah that that's sort of a built-in feature of media we're always way behind yeah so I mean, people are doing the best they can yeah. but like absent someone doing uh you know leaking the audio of crying babies in right. baby jail um, you're not going to get contemporary stuff. Oh, oh my God. Yes. Yeah. The bad news of that asshole. I know. I yeah. Know. I, I don't know if I had it up that I wanted to talk about it, yeah. but we can talk about it. The former head of ice was, um, confronted with, um, audio of, and I we think had, it was a CNN. Was it a CNN interview? Oh no, it was frontline. It, it was, was frontline. Yeah. So that was, so frontline had the audio. They're acting. They asked him, uh, you know, what do you, you know, how do you feel about this? What do you think? And uh, he's like, oh, I haven't actually heard it. And um, <laughs> first of all, like the reporter does not believe him. He's like, really? You haven't, you haven't really. Heard so then he just hands him an iPhone with the audio and makes him listen to Which, it. Which good on him. Um, yeah, it was. So this was July 31st and Frontline has a um, new documentary called Separated Children at the Border. Um, in which they're investigating the origins and impacts of the policy that, you know, is separating these families. So it was Martin Smith um, who sat down with Thomas Homan, um, who was acting director of ICE from 2017 until the end of June. And to his credit, um, he he forces him to listen to the audio of the the kids who are just crying for their parents, and it's horrifying. Yeah, this is the one where the little girl is like, "Please, I want to talk to my, my aunt. aunt." I have yeah. her, uh, I have her number memorized, and she starts reciting it as she's crying. And of course, I think she was not allowed to give a call to her aunt. But yes, right. this is the. Um, so there's like a moment where it seems like Thomas Homan might be human. Mm. And he says, you know, but first of all, before they play the audio, he says this fucked up thing where he goes, I've heard many children cry in my 34 years. <laughs> Look, just think about that. I don't Wait. need to hear children cry. So first of all, I was like, why is he surrounded by crying children? Uh, but then, so they make him listen to it. And there's like a moment where I forget what he says, but he's basically like, you know, that's very sad. That like tugs at your heart. Oh, he's, he's like, I have, he's like, I have children. Like, of course yeah. it makes me sad. And I'm like, oh my God, did you just as it's a father happening. of daughters me? Like, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But also I like, there was a moment where I was sort of like, oh my God, maybe this guy has a soul. Maybe he actually feels something. And then he immediately emotionally shuts down again. And he, go- he just says like, we have to defend our borders basically yeah we have to we have to think about the borders and like when the government decides to enforce the law then we have to follow that and i'm like oh good you just you just pulled a just following orders yeah yeah like how do people hear themselves say that shit and not be like oh my god i'm a nazi <laughs> oh yeah i'm just following orders <laughs> i still yeah it's like i've heard a lot of children cry in my 34 years and i'm like what a oh. bone chilling statement yeah 
God. Can you imagine if an elementary school teacher said something like that? When I, you, you'd be like, oh my God. I'm constantly listening to children cry. <laughs> like, like, what? <laughs> What's happening? He's like, it's actually my favorite ASMR station <laughs> yeah. on Spotify. I put it on Spotify when I go to sleep <laughs> and I allow the sounds of try- crying children to lull me to sleep. Although that is actually probably what Stephen Miller listens to when he jerks off. So Yes, yeah. that is just a fact, guys. Um Hey, you know what? It's that time of the episode. Let's all just like do a little dance. Shake off the bad news, because why? Here is your good news. All right, guys, if imagining Stephen Miller getting punched in the dick (laughs) isn't enough of good news for you, we have some other stories that I think are, uh, you know, sort of uplifting. I am here for it. Yeah. So um, Huffington Post has a story about how inmates are getting registered to vote in one of the country's biggest jails. This is so good. Yeah. A group in Chicago is working to extend the franchise to people detained in jail, many of him whom have no idea they can vote. Um, So Erica Nanton, Jen Dean, and Kemda Stroud, um, this article opens, stood in the center of a cell block in Cook County Jail surrounded by female inmates. They waited for the women seated at metal tables and identical blue jumpsuits to settle down. The three women, organizers with a nonprofit group called Chicago Votes, had gathered here in this giant jail complex that houses nearly 6,000 men and women on a steamy Sunday afternoon in July to pitch, uh, to make a pitch. Their goal, registering inmates to vote. The organizers explained to the detainees that because they had not yet been convicted of a crime, they were all likely eligible to vote in November. So this is really interesting because some people... Um, falsely believe that if you if you are just sent to jail that you automatically lose your right to vote and this is where the difference between jail and prison is really important right cook county jail is where uh and like similar to rikers island a ton of people who end up sitting in jail are there waiting for their trials waiting for any sort of like legal the legal process and are stuck there because they're too poor to afford to get out right um so yes this is um still at a point where you're you know, you haven't been, because some, you know, if you are, have been convicted of a felony, you do lose right. your franchise, right. at least for the duration of the time you're in prison. Um, and that can vary by different states. Um, but yes, if you're in jail, that's like, it's a fantastic idea. It's a great idea. And I would wager that a lot of people don't know that, that unless you've been actually convicted of the crime and you're just waiting to go before a judge, you still have the right to vote yeah um although like watch this get like sure. shut down by <laughs> some assholes but um but yeah, also yeah but this is and like, and like this is a separate problem obviously but that waiting period um especially for poor people who can't make bail is getting longer mm-hmm. so you are just like waiting <laughs> um which obviously is a separate problem because in the United States, we're supposed to have these things called speedy trials, um, yeah. and we're not supposed to have debtors' prisons. But we kind of have both in the United States right now. We're like poor people who can't make bail are just waiting, just chilling out, just chilling in um, super violent, overcrowded. Yep. Um, and they have like families they're separated from. They have kids they're separated from, and it's just uh, because they're poor and they they can't um, buy their way out of jail. Yep. So obviously, that's a, a separate problem, but. In the meantime, um, a lot of them are probably just assuming they can't vote because w- why would you assume you could in jail, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's great that these women are organizing to um, not only educate people about their rights, but, you know, get them registered to so, vote. But also, let's let's think about this from another angle that's pretty awesome, which is that they're literally a captive audience. Um, so going in and educating, like using this time where people are stuck, they have nothing to do to educate them about their rights and to give them information that they probably wouldn't have had access to before is really important because now, no matter what happens with their cases, 
they can go back into their community and have that knowledge. Mm -hmm. So that's something that like helps them. It's going to help more people than just the individuals exactly. who are registering to vote. And like that, and it's like that's awesome because I think a lot of people who aren't registered don't know how to get registered. Sure. Yeah. And or like have the time or the resources or like where do I go yeah. if I don't have internet access? Like how do I do any of this? And to have somebody just you know break it down for you and like do A, B, and C. Yeah. Um, is a great resource. Yeah, especially at a time when people are being purged from the voting rolls. Yep, and and uh, a lot of the people who look like the people in Cook County Jail, where it's like poor people of color are getting knocked off the rolls by uh, our evil white Republican overlords. <laughs> you know, um, the, the most vulnerable, marginalized people who need to be the ones who can vote. Because while we still have a somewhat functioning democracy... It's still only somewhat. Somewhat functioning. That is one of the only avenues of like recourse mm -hmm. poor marginalized people have, which is that they can vote in theory, yeah. right? right. <laughs> like, And that those votes will be counted in theory. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think that counts as good news. So, um, also, there are a lot of racists in non-Chicago, Illinois. So, oh, let uh, me tell yeah. you, as someone who <laughs> used to live there, you are correct, ma'am. So yeah, any anytime you're getting some uh, people of color registered to vote in Chicago oh, area, good you are canceling out the vote of some, you know, farm-fed redneck. <laughs> So I also wanted to shout out, uh, and there's a, a great update to this story that very much counts as good news. The ACT UP protesters in New York who were protesting at the Whitney Museum, uh, because the Whitney had this exhibit commemorating um, the work of uh, David uh, Wojnarowicz, who uh, was, uh, he's no longer uh, living, but he was an artist and a writer and had a, um, a legacy of, uh, I love this description, rageful AIDS activism, <laughs> which is true. And the exhibit uh, was criticized by a lot of activists within the, not just the ACT UP community, but the the um, AIDS community because it was sort of, not sort of, it was framed as AIDS being a thing of the past. Yep. And a thing of the past slash a thing about the gay community. The gay they, community and overwhelmingly the white gay community. Yep. So there was a lot of criticism about, you know, AIDS is not over. In fact, it's it's spreading in a lot of um, poor uh, parts of the world. It's affecting black people predominantly. And also still a pretty big problem in uh, communities of color in the United States. Yeah. And, you know, there's a problem with um, what's called super AIDS. AIDS like sort of um, the AIDS virus like um, evolving. So... Mm -hmm. It's not only ir irresponsible and disrespectful, it's dangerous to present it as something that is no longer um, a problem. So ACT UP, in very ACT UP fashion, <laughs> staged a protest where um, activists showed up at the exhibit and they held up posters that had like updated information about AIDS and AIDS facts. And to their credit, the Whitney today announced, um, or someone posted a photo where they have an update to the exhibit and uh, they, uh, it's a long statement, so I won't read it um, in its entirety. I'll link to it at our Lipson page, but essentially it was the Whitney copying to the fact that uh, the AIDS crisis is not over and they actually reference the protest in the statement where they're mm -hmm. like, on this date, ACT UP protesters protested this exhibit at yep. the Whitney and if you want more information about it, we will put it up at our website with like um, yep. resources and stuff like that, which I think, you know, like is the least they could have done, but also good on ACT UP, <laughs> like immediate results. Hey, I mean, <laughs> there's a reason why it was a vital uh is a, a vital activist community at they don't the time. Fuck around. Fucking, and it is good that they are still not fucking around. Yeah, well, that really like warmed my heart. I was like, seeing ACT UP protesting an AIDS exhibit for not doing a good job of educating the public about AIDS, I was like, yeah, on brand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Aggressively on brand. So, <laughs> what else did I want to talk about? Oh, yeah. It's just kind of weird. I don't know. But transparency is good news, right, yeah, guys? I think so. Also, what the fuck, WikiLeaks? Uh, so an activist 
has published 11,000 direct messages on Twitter between the WikiLeaks account and a group of its supporters. The direct messages were published by Emma Best on her own website. Her Twitter account states that she's a journalist on the East Coast. Best has been critical of WikiLeaks and has advocated for government transparency. Some of the direct messages were previously published, but this is the first time all the direct messages have been posted. Uh, and the messages show that WikiLeaks wanted the GOP to defeat Democratic nominee Hillary Clinton in the 2016 presidential election. So someone at the WikiLeaks account wow. stated, we believe it would be better, we, we believe it would be much better for the GOP to win. So like, uh, we don't know who said that, but just somebody who was using the WikiLeaks account. Somebody with access to the password. <laughs> yeah, hmm? who knows? So, um, fucking assholes. I like, know. Yeah, I. But the thing is, like, it's so weird to see WikiLeaks, which has been, you know, so critical of of the U.S. government and all governments of not being transparent enough, being so hostile to transparency when it's directed at them. Oh wait, a group that supposedly <laughs> morally righteous turned out to be super hypocritical. Super hypocritical. Isn't that weird? Can I you just even can't deal? Believe it. Yeah, I and I'm like, listen, it, it's good because obviously there there's a lot of shady shit with WikiLeaks yeah. going on. So anytime. Oh, and and also Julian Assange is still having a sad because he's so lonely. Well, did you hear that? Like, it's apparently affecting his health because oh, isn't that sad? Are you sad I for mean, him? I'm so sad for that jackass yeah, I know rapist. I know you're shit. super sad. Yeah. Even though you just said a bunch of mean stuff about him, I know you're sad. <laughs> I mean, a bunch of mean true things <laughs> about him. How dare you accurately call the rapist a rapist? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So fuck entirely the way off. Yeah. Yeah. So while we are at the end of the episode, is there anything you would recommend people do? Like, was there anything fun you did this week that you were like, that was fun, and I recommend people do it? Oh, my God. Did I do anything fun this <laughs> week? Um, oh, I have something, and it's, oh, it's yeah. kind of like a counter thing. Okay, so I offered this as a recommendation, but like with a huge asterisk next to it for the following reason. So before on the show, I've talked about how I walk like around the city with my headphones on all the time mm -hmm. because men are disgusting and will say stuff to you as a lady walking around the city. So um, that has previously been my thing that I always say where I'm like, I'm always, always have my sunglasses on, always have my headphones on. And I'm like in my own world. The other day I had to walk like pretty far. I had to walk like three miles through the city because I had a show. It was that weird thing where like I went into the city in the afternoon oh, and then I yeah. had like three hours mm -hmm. until my show. But it takes me like an hour and a half to get home. So right. I'm like, I'll just have to turn around and come right back and that's dumb. So Chloe has been like leaving for a minute and a half. <laughs> Is she out of the door? <laughs> uh, it's okay. I just heard like frantic like key and lock sounds. Um, so... I was like, you know what? I'm just going to stay in the city. I'm going to go on a nice long walk because it was really warm out. Yep. So I walk three miles from like 14th Street, like down to like Bowery. And I didn't listen to music. Mm -hmm. And I just listened to sound like the sounds oh, of the city. Yeah. And it was awesome oh i do love doing that but i like to keep my headphones in because then people won't talk to me i've done that before too but for whatever reason i was just like no i'm not gonna wear headphones i'm just gonna like actually listen to the sounds of the city and mm. it was like very lovely i probably won't do it all the time but just yeah. to like you don't realize as a woman how you have to like rewire your brain just to get through the day yeah <laughs> that is correct. and then i did something like that and i was like oh fuck this is a nice break yeah. that I don't have to like overwhelm my senses mm -hmm. just to preserve my sanity. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't think I did anything of particular interest or value this week. I was a real lazy, lazy monster. Um, but you know, that in itself is probably okay. Yeah, no, that's um, good. That's fine. No shame. Yeah, no, it's been, I've, I've done a lot of reading, continue to be doing my like super goth cross-stitching, um, yeah. which I'm way into. Um, 
Yeah. I would not recommend spraining your ankle like I did. Oh, yeah. I would prefer not to do that. Very no. uncool of my ankles to roll as I'm walking across the street. Uh, and, yeah. So now I have to go buy a, like, stupid ankle brace. Boo. Oh, good. And then um, I was like, oh, good. It's the week I have to do a million improv shows. <laughs> and every show I've, like, announced to people where I'm like, hey, guys, I sprained my ankle. I can't be very physical on this set. And then it's the most physical I've ever been. I'm like, what am I doing? You're just constantly pushing yourself in like, the <laughs> wrong direction. It's like, come on, bitch. Yeah. Uh, so don't do that. Do not spring your ankle. My anti-wreck mm-hmm. of this episode. And... Yeah, I was there anything else I wanted to recommend or that I'm looking forward to coming up? Probably mm. that I'm just spacing on. Yeah, I know. I feel like I didn't have. I should have thought of more interesting things. Um, oh, uh, there's a. I'm I'm writing a. I'm going to write about um, the Slender Man movie this <gasps> week when it comes out. Um, Exciting for who? So, do you know uh, for NBC News for their op-ed nice. section. Um, so I get to probably talk about how it's going to be like how the real Slenderman is the friends we made along the way slash like toxic female friendship <gasps> and how that's scarier than um any Slenderman character being supernatural you know what's so scary to me about the whole Slenderman thing if you don't know the full Slenderman story uh Slenderman is an urban legend um about a very uh exactly what it sounds like a very tall yep. Slenderman and it was sort of like um early-ish internet where um it was like a creepy pasta it was a creepy pasta but there was also like some pretty excellent photoshop going yeah, on yeah. of like photoshopping uh slender man into like different historical photos mm-hmm. and these two young girls got obsessed with the Sl- slender man um and creepy pasta yep and they lured this poor girl into the woods and killed her um and they kill her they almost killed her they almost killed her they almost killed her and hey harley um, Charles's dog is running around. And so, but long story short, um, the reason I connected with that is like, we had that too. We had, there was like this woods by my house where I used to live in Illinois. And we had this like whole urban legend that a witch lived in there. Mm-hmm. And we were three girls. It was like the same thing. It was oh, me God. and my friend, Amy Daniels, who like basically like, really exaggerated this legend to scare our friend Jenny and we like brought her into the woods and we were like trying to creep her out and it was all like very innocent but also eerily similar to that and I was like what about these and I know there was like undiagnosed mental illness stuff going on all that stuff but like it really struck a chord with me I was like yes we did that too yeah yeah bananas yeah teen girls are the worst which I guess is like why I think it's much scarier like to think of like a heavenly creatures like fully ado situation heavenly creatures that is a fucked up movie if you haven't seen it it is it is deeply disturbing but also really amazing and uh the reason why um Kate Winslet is famous because she was in it as yeah. baby Kate Winslet. Who was the other girl? Do we know? Uh, Melanie Linsky, I think. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that is a really dark movie. Um, but also, yes, yeah, so I think like the darkness inside of teen and tween girls is infinitely more frightening than any supernatural force because the depth of uh, self-hatred is its own supernatural force yeah oh man i'm getting really really dark like really deep here (laughs) (laughs) Can can you even handle it i also think uh young girls are just better at um mind fucking each other too yeah because we're we're smarter Mm -hmm. um and like boys just like beat the shit out of each other, I was say, but they we just punch s- each other. We spin like mythologies. You yeah, know? no, it's it's the difference between punching someone and like stabbing them. You know, Oof. like we're sharp in a nasty yeah. way. Yeah, sharp but objects. But also to realize you can do like much more damage by like hurting someone's feelings than just by making them bleed. Yeah, you can uh, emotionally destroy people. Uh, and it's it, it's way more devastating and it lasts longer. Oh, it sure Yikes. does. Uh, boy, boy, did that get dark at the end. Uh, but yeah, I recommend watching Heavenly Creatures if you want to watch something kind of crazy. And uh, yeah, otherwise, like, try and get outside and maybe, like, do something pleasant in the outdoors. I think I'm going to go to the beach this week. Hell yeah. Um, because I just want to. I still haven't gone mm. this year. I need to. Don't you have it? Like, you've got a tent now. I have a tent. I can protect myself from the sun. Yeah. Guys, watch out for the sun. Put on your sunscreen. Yeah. Wear a hat. Do that. It's trying to kill us. 
always. Uh, guys, thank you so much for listening. Penny just came out here to say she loves you all so much. Please go to lighttreason.news and hit that donate button to keep us going. We always need more support because why? No advertisers. Did you hear one ad on today's episode? No, you didn't because we're 100% listener supported. That's you. If you don't support us, uh, we can't keep bringing you episodes. So please go do that. Thank you so much for listening. And while you're at it, get out there and cause a little trouble.